We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. Uh, I know we were, it's been announced, and I told you last week, going to be talking about what's your name. God, God changes uh, changed everything, and uh, so I've been uh, all all day or all morning. Last night, went to bed thinking about this, and God just dealing with me about something that I cannot get away from. And so this is this is the word for us today. Um, Matthew chapter four. The title of my sermon, I guess, is going to be this. If you'll go ahead and stand for the reading of the word this morning. Do y'all remember WWJD? Remember what that stands for? What would Jesus do? Well, the last night, God just really, he, he said, what do you do? What do you do? WW, what would Jesus do, but what do you do? You ever just, you ever have, you ever something, just a situation pops up or and you say, well, what would Jesus do? You ever think that? What would, what would Jesus do in this moment? You know, I, I think that, but then I had this thought, well, what do I do? So instead of WWJD, WDID, instead of WWJD, WDID. Matthew chapter 4. Verse, we'll start with verse 18. Jesus calls his first disciples. I've got several, I think I've got five questions to pose to you today. And if you're taking notes, you, you can keep up with me as we go that way. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon he was called Peter. We, we all know Peter. Peter's the, he's the tough guy. He's the, he's the one with the attitude. He's the one that I, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just a dude, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to knock you out. You mess with my guy. But it didn't start out that way. He was a fisherman. It says he, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, they were casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There was something that, there was something about Jesus. There was something about his character, something about his, his voice that made them, next verse, that made them do this. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, 
mending their nets, and he called to them. Immediately, again, there's something about Jesus that changes you. When he speaks to you, he changes you. Immediately, they understood. They left their boat and their father, and they followed him. We're going to stop right there, verse 22. Immediately, they followed him. Father, I, I pray this morning as, as we get into your word today for us, I pray, God, that you speak to us. Lord, we know that you, we're not here by accident. You've got something specifically for us today, and we are ready to receive in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. As you're seated, please tell us, look at your other neighbor and say, I am ready to receive. I am ready to receive. Everyone in here this morning, I want you to, I want you to ask yourself this question. Think about this question. Are you or am I fulfilling the gospel. Am I fulfilling the gospel? Am I acting as Jesus would act? Am I living as Jesus would act? We say, Pastor, that's, that's, that's impossible. He was, he was perfect. He was, he was the only person that we know that we've ever known that, that, that lived a perfect, sinless life. I get that. I know. But we still strive to be more like Christ. Amen? Amen. We strive to live a sinless life. We strive to be good. We strive to be the person that, that when our time comes to an end, we strive that when, to be that person that when we arrive at heaven, when we, whether it's by the grave, by death, or by the rapture, when we stand before the Lord... We hear, well done. You did good. What you did on earth, how you lived your life on earth, is worthy enough to come in to my heaven. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach. It's, it's a simple message this morning. It's not deep. It's not, we're not going to get off into any kind of explanation of Greek and Hebrew or anything. This is, this is about very simple Christian living, righteous living, living according to the gospel of Christ, according to the scripture. We know that our theme for the year has been transformation. We know that comes from Romans. Paul writes that. He says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Don't be like the world, but be different than the world. You can't live in the world as a Christian and not be different. You can't have a walk or a relationship with God and not be different. You're to be different. We are to stick out. We are to have a smile on our face every day. Not every day we feel like that, right? This last week, I, I was sick. I know Pastor McKenzie's been pretty sick. Last week, I, I, I was, last several weeks, I've been 
dealing with shingles in my throat. He's talking about painful. I got on the medication and at, at the first time about three weeks ago and, and, and got it under control. And I thought they were gone. And last week, they popped their head back up and, mm-mm, painful. Hurts to swallow, hurts to eat, hurts to talk. Wednesday, I completely lost my voice. Couldn't talk, couldn't say anything. Susan liked that part of it. Then it was popping in and out Thursday, and Pastor McKinsey sounded like Mickey Mouse. I didn't, I didn't sing this morning. I was singing in my head, but I didn't sing because I, I didn't want to lose it again before I got up here. But there are times during the last several weeks I didn't want to smile. Because I didn't feel good. Anybody ever been there? We don't feel good. We don't want to smile. We're tired. We, let's see. Hear that? We don't want to smile. When we're going through stuff in life, we don't want to smile. We don't want to be happy because we don't feel like it. But Jesus calling his disciples was something different, something supernatural. When Jesus walks into your life, everything else doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter. The disciples, I mean, I know it doesn't go into great detail, but Peter and John, they didn't, they didn't it doesn't, they didn't, you know, well, let me, let's think about it. Jesus, if you just come back in a little bit, let us, let us talk about this because we got bills to pay. We got families to support. We got all these things. I don't, we, can't, we can't do this because you have asked this. How many of you said that before? Jesus, I, I can't do this because I'm not ready to do this. I know when God called us to the mission field, uh, that was one of the things that Susan said. She said, when my kids are graduated high school and out of the house, then we'll go. Well, you see how that took. Within a matter of a year and a half, we were on the field. It's not on your timetable. and It's not on your schedule. It's according to God's schedule. What would Jesus do? What do I do in reaction to what he's asking? It's hard, right? It's hard. James, or James and John, even the next, the next set of disciples, this, this, was even, this was even crazier. They're in the boat with their dad. It's a family business. Here comes Jesus. I don't know if I wasn't there, but it says they left their dad in the boat and followed him. Now, there may be some, I mean, this is a guy that they didn't know. They didn't, they didn't know that he was the real Messiah. They had no idea, and yet dad lets it happen. Maybe there was saying, hey, uh-uh, no, you ain't doing, you're not. I just bought this bigger boat. 
for the three of us so we could fish more, catch more, sell more, make more money, and now you're leaving me high and dry. The human part of us, we begin to rationalize these things because it's not according to our plan. Are you following me? If you're following me, wave at me. If you're not, yell at me. Okay. So, as we read the scripture, Jesus calling his disciples, he's walking down the beach. And he sees these guys and he begins to call them. We know it doesn't stop at the four. We know by the end there's there's 12 disciples. But it doesn't just stop at the 12. We know that we read through the scriptures of the gospel story. We know that it's not just the 12, but there are others that begin to follow. They begin to follow Jesus. They begin to follow the disciples. Why do they do that? Because he's got something good to say. Why? Because there's something that happens when I'm in his presence. Why? Because you don't know where I was and look where I am. You don't know how I felt, but let me tell you how I feel now. You don't know what I dealt with, but let me tell you how I'm dealing with it today. You see, there are things in, in your life that is not intended for you to be dealing with or, or, or feeling the way you're feeling because you need to let Jesus into the room. You need to let Jesus into your life. We'll say, Pastor, he's in my life. Is he? Is he? Say, it's not that easy. Yeah, it is. Look, I told you, you know, at the beginning of the year, this is going to be some difficult sermons, difficult throughout the year. This one is one of those. I had a plan. I had a plan. I had a series of, of what's my name for six weeks. We ain't going to get to that. Because God's got this message today, this passage for you in this room. You're dealing with stuff. You're, 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 you're coming up against situations, and you don't know how to respond. You don't know how to act. You don't know how to, to, to live. You don't have any hope. You don't have any, any direction in your life. I don't care how old you are. I don't, I don't care if you're the oldest one in here, the youngest one in here. I don't care if it's an impossible situation. My God thrives in the impossible. Thrives in the impossible. I don't care if you're sitting over here. I don't care if you're Kenny Watkins. I don't care if you're, you're Lucas Baker. I don't care if you're Terry Small. I don't care who you are and what you're going through or what you're dealing with. If you allow Jesus into your room, into your house, into your life, his way is better. Better. How do we do this? How do we allow him into our life? How? Yeah, we, we, we find an altar in prayer. This is how we get saved, right? We, it's not just a physical altar. This is where it gets twisted sometimes. We... We as the churchy lingo, right, we say, you got to get to an altar. you got to come to the front. you got to kneel and pray. Yeah, that's, that's, 
That's right. It doesn't have to happen in this room. Are you following me? If you think that's that way, ah, sorry to burst your bubble. It doesn't have to happen that way. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's people in this room this morning that if you gave your life to Christ, not everybody in here knelt at an altar and said, God, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, come into my life. not just about that. We ask God to come into our life, forgive us of our sins, walk with us, help us. There are some things that, that Jesus lays out throughout the scripture. But my, my, my one question, my, my, my one thing for you today, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Am I doing what Jesus would do? Am I doing what Jesus would do? Or what do I do? We know what Jesus says, but what do I do with what he says? So I've got five things that the Lord gave me this morning. Yeah, this morning, five things. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Are you discipling someone? Are you calling disciples into your life? Are you mentoring someone? It could be your kids. It could be your, uh, your, your, your wife. It could be your husband. It could be someone in your family. It could be somebody that you work with. It could be anybody, but are you discipling someone? How many of you believe that we have to have disciples? You have to. You, if you don't agree with that, if you don't, Understand that you, if you are a Christian, if you are covered in, if you have accepted Christ into your life, you are called to be a disciple maker. On Wednesday nights, we've been going through the life of Paul. We talked about through Titus about leadership. It's the same thing. You lead people. You lead people around you no matter what, whether it's in a good way or whether it's in a bad way, people are following you. Discipleship, disciple, discipling. So people may say, well, I just can't do that. God didn't call me to do that. Baloney. Baloney. He said it right here. He called his disciples. Who's well, calling you? calling these these five things these are things these are difficult things these are difficult things and 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 i would dare say right now i would dare say that if you can't answer yes to all five of them then we need to pray you need to pray you need to find 
God and understand him. Are you okay? Don't glaze over like, man, I wish he does. Okay, stay with me, all right? I won't be long, I promise. I just got about a couple hours. All right, number two. Number two, see how fast we already did number one. We're at number two. We got five. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. If you want to turn there, go ahead. I'm going to, I didn't put this one in my notes, so I'm going to turn there and read it. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 8. Number two, are you serving? Are you serving? And when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired hands about the 11th hour came and received the denarius, now when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also received the denarius. And one receiving and on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the same burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am not doing what I, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a Daenerys? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. I told you the wrong. I told you the wrong verse. I'm sorry. That's good though, wasn't it? Still good. It's good. That wasn't by accident. It wasn't. It's good stuff. Verse 28, not 8. Did I tell you 28? See, I messed up. All right. Why didn't y'all shout at me? Hey, dummy, you're reading the wrong scripture. Don't say it now, okay? Too late. Verse 28. I was thinking as I was reading, man, that ain't fitting what I wrote down. But anyway, verse 28 says, And even as the Son of Man came not to be not to be served, but to serve and to give many his life ransom. As ransom. Jesus didn't come. To be served. Look, if you come to church to be served, you're in it for the wrong reason. You come to just just to just to get it off your chest, or to just say, "Hey, look at me! I'm a part of this, or I do this." Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Being a part of something, man. That's that's, that's, that's awesome. That's fun. Just being able to be a part of something that is, that, that's got, God's got his hand on. Being 
able to serve. Look, I love to serve. It's probably one of my one of my love languages. It's one of my things that that I I, I struggle with because I, I do I do it too much probably. I don't know if you could do it too much, but I, I do. I, I, I want to make everybody happy. I, I want to I do something for everybody. I want to make it happen. If I can make it happen, I will make it happen. That's me. I don't, I, don't, I don't say that. I don't do it for recognition. I don't. That's just the way I'm wired. It's the way I'm wired. But sometimes it can, it can be... It can be the death of us. Let me, let, me, let me just give you a story right here. Of a personal story. A personal story that I'm not proud of in, in any way. I'm not proud of this. We were pastoring in Star City. I was a new pastor. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of experience. I was learning the hard way how to do things, how not to do things. Had somebody in the church that called and said, hey, we've got some friends. It was the Crab family that was going to be coming through town. I want to know if we could have, we could have them for a singing on a Saturday night. I'm like, yeah, I like the Crab family. Let's do it. I signed them up. Not realizing, it was in the middle of the summer, not realizing that my my, I was I was coaching a t uh, what a t ball is a pee wee, Ethan's pee wee baseball team. And it was the last game of the season. And that's when they give out the trophies for wasn't participation trophies. wasn't just for showing up. It was special trophies. I didn't go to that game that night. Susan took Ethan and Megan, went to the game. Ethan played. I went to church. After the game, they walk into the church. I'm so ashamed. My son walks into the church with the biggest trophy of the whole year. And I missed it. My son got most valuable player. And I wasn't there to be a part of it. You talk about, you say, Pastor, that's just silly. That was I, The reason I say that, I got a memory that popped up on my phone just a couple of weeks ago of that trophy and him holding it, grinning from ear to ear. And I sent it to him. He said, Dad, that was one of the greatest feelings I'd ever experienced. It made me feel even worse. Because I was more worried about somebody else. About what would they think of me as the pastor and I'm not here. If I'm at a ball game. And when he said that to me, that was just a few weeks ago. He didn't say anything about it. Well, Dad, you wasn't there. He don't remember that, but I do. 
because I was worried about serving other people. I wasn't worried about my own family. You see, I know that's, that may not be the right illustration for you this morning, but sometimes we can go to the extreme. Sometimes we need to know, we need to understand it's not about any, it's not, I, I, when, it, when it comes down to my life, my relationship with God is number one. My relationship with my wife is number two. My relationship with my family is number three. My relationship with you is number four. You follow me. When I get those priorities out of whack, I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not sent here to be your servant. I understand that. Nor you to me. I'm sent here to serve him and his plan. Who are you serving? Do you serve? Number three. Number three, are you giving? Are you giving? I've got three three passages of scripture, and you can you can read with me. I, I'm not going to turn there. I'm just I've got some highlights that I'm going to read. Luke chapter six and verse thirty, Jesus told his fathers followers to give to everyone who asked. To give. In Luke fourteen verses thirteen and fourteen, he says, "Give to those who can't repay." Oh, you're getting in a place that I, I, don't, I don't want to be. You're talking about something I don't want to talk about. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8, he says, And to freely give what we have freely received. What you have today, everything that you have. I'm not just talking about monetary things. I'm not talking about the money you have in your bank or the money you have in your savings. I'm not talking about anything. I'm not talking just about that. I'm talking about giving. Giving of yourself. Giving, sometimes giving of your time. Sometimes giving uh, in a a food drive. Sometimes giving candy. Sometimes it's it's giving uh, clothing that you, you don't fit into anymore. Sometimes it's giving of your time just... I got I got this afternoon or this evening off. I can I can come and and I can I can help put a swing set together. I can come and we have we have cleaning teams that that clean the church. I I can be a part of something like that. I can be a part of of helping Pastor McKenzie with youth and 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 cooking dinner on Wednesday night. I can be a part of a prayer team. I can be a part. I can give something. I can can give more in my offering. I can give to somebody in need. Are you giving? Well, I give my tithe. Do you give above that? Give above your tithe. Give to missions. See, sometimes it's real easy to get stuck in, in our little rut, in our little routine that, well, it's, 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 it's just right here. This is what I can do, and I, don't, I can't do anything else. It, God says, I mean, the, the Scripture says, 
Just, just put me to the test. Put me to the test and see if I will not tear back the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. I don't know about you, but I like, I like to feel blessed. I like to be blessed. But it's greater a blessing to give than to receive. Following me? Two more. Are you ready? Number four. Are you praying? Well, yeah, Pastor, I pray. Pray over our food. I, I, I pray every morning. God, hey, give me a, you know, give me a good day. Do you do you do you know or understand that it's more than just more than just simple prayer? Jesus, he taught. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, when you pray, he said, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand, they love to pray standing in synagogues and, and on the street corners to be seen by men. Hey, let's just be real, okay? You ever been in a church service? I'm not casting stones. You ever just been in a church service and somebody's just, just blabbering just to, just to hear themselves or want to be heard? I told, I, I told you it's going to be tough. Maybe it's you. I don't know. But sometimes people just, just talk just to hear themselves talk. People pray sometimes just to hear themselves pray. Ah, they need to hear me say, say they need to hear me pray. They, they need to hear me use big words. Let me, let me, they need to hear me pray in the King James Version. He goes on to say, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Do you have a prayer closet? Do you pray by yourself? Do you spend time in prayer all alone? Do you have conversations with God? Or do you only pray when you come to church? Do you only pray when you don't feel good? Do you only pray when somebody asks you to? Because we're always guilty. If somebody says, hey, I don't feel good. Well, I'll, I'll be praying for you. Do, you. do you? What do I do? WDID. What would Jesus do? He would pray. But what do we do? What do I do Privately, what I do privately will come out publicly. How I feel privately will come out publicly, good or bad. If deep down in your heart you have ill feelings toward me, toward anybody, you're somewhere and, and, and you've just been harboring these feelings and you just, you just, you know, just, you ever, you know that sound when somebody takes their fingernails and go across the, uh, a chalkboard? Is that, does that get on anybody's nerves? Is, that, is there a certain noise that you just can't stand? If it's me, I'm sorry. But if I walked into the room and you had these feelings and you were just in a bad mood, ill mood, 
and then all of a sudden you just blew up because of how you feel privately, it will come out publicly. How do you feel? When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on street corners to be seen by men. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. You will be different when you spend time in prayer. Basically, he's saying, don't show off. Don't be a big mouth. Don't try to use big, meaningless, meaningless words that you don't know. If you are studying the Word of God, Luke chapter 11, verse 28 says, Blessed rather are those who hear the Word and obey it. Again, we're back to blessed, being blessed. Blessed are those who hear the Word and obey it. Number five, the last one. Are you acting like Jesus? Are you acting like, probably not? This is something we all fight, we all struggle with. Some days it's hard to act like Jesus, right? Let's be honest. Because we're too worried about everything else that's going, in, going on in our life or in the world. It isn't setting well with us, not setting well with me. It's easy to worry about. Sometimes it's easy to worry about, easier to worry about the speck in, 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 in somebody else's eye when we're not focused on the own log that's sticking out of my or ours. And you say, yeah, that's just, that's, just, that's just poetry. That's just in the scripture. It's not. It's so easy to see something that's wrong in somebody else when we don't even recognize the huge problem in our own life. Scripture says in Matthew 7, verses 3 through 5, it says, let me take a speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye. We're hypocrites. First, take the log out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly how to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. What it's saying is you get your life right, everything else is little bitty. You get that, that situation, that problem, your life right, if you'll act like Jesus, if you'll read more, if you'll study more, if you'll understand the word, you'll know who Jesus is. You'll know how to act. I mean, we, we, then when you start dealing with this, I was thinking about this this morning. People like to say, well, Jesus went into the temple. He just overthrew, he just threw a bunch of tables. He was mad. He was angry, was he? If you look at the story and if you understand the context of the story, they were, these, were, these were the Jewish religious people set up in the church, in the sanctuary, in the temple. They were having business. It was where they were doing it was a place that was set aside for prayer. That place was supposed to be 
house of prayer. But they couldn't pray. They didn't want the Gentiles to come in and to pray. And they were set it up, set up, and was trying to make a living, trying to, he was trying to corner the market, if you will. They were trying to take away from what God had intended for all nations. We can get caught up at Jesus. Well, Jesus was mad. He just threw it. No, he was trying to prove a point that this is a house of prayer. This is my house. This is God's house. This is my Father's house. And, and if we want to act like Jesus, we need to get on our knees and we need to pray. Pray more. Seek the face of God above all else. And then things will happen. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Then your life will be different. Your miracle can happen when you're seeking Him every day. Every day. It's hard sometimes to get into, into that place of understanding. It is. It took me years of being in the church, being in ministry, trying to figure out, you know, when we were in language school, they kept saying, uh, uh, Shannon, when, you know, there'll, there'll come a day, you know, when you're trying to learn Spanish, you're trying to figure this out, you, there'll be a day when you'll have this click, there'll be a click, there'll be a click, and you'll just, you'll just understand it all, you'll just be able to talk, you'll be able to understand, I'm still waiting on that click. It's easier, but that click never happened, did it happen to you? They lied. But the same thing, sometimes it's, it's the same when it comes to, to your walk and relationship with God. We think that it starts and stops at an altar of prayer. That's just the beginning. It is a day after day after day walk relationship that I have with my father. If I, you go to school, you go to school from kindergarten all the way through, and even if you go to college, you continue to go, you continue to grow, you continue to understand, you continue to get smarter. You don't go to kindergarten, and then all of a sudden, they hand you a diploma and say, well, here's your degree in computer science. Here's your degree in engineering. Here's your degree in, you know, uh, you can be a teacher. Oh, have mercy. We'd be, in the, we'd be in the worst shape than we are now. It's not, it's not, you have to, all the teachers in the room, oh, I pray for you every day. And I mean that. Because they have a huge job in their life. They're not only trying to teach basic skills, whether it's math or English or spelling. They're teaching them life skills as well. They're mentoring. They're leading these people. You continue to grow day after day after day. You want to be more like Jesus? You have to learn. You have to know Him. 
you have to know him more than just the Bible stories of, of, of that we learn in the felt boards and sticking on the wall or, or just the Bible stories that we see in the, in the kids' Bibles that we open and we look. And My challenge for you today is this. There room for improvement? Yeah. There's room for improvement. If you're sitting here this morning saying that ah, good, you're lying to yourself. You're cheating yourself. A walk in a relationship. Yeah. Because there's more to do. And you say you're the best version of the person that God created you to be. I'm not. I'm not. I try every day to be a better person. Do I make mistakes? You better believe I make mistakes. Some of you in here this morning, you're struggling with things that, well, that's just the way I was raised. I get it. I don't believe him. You may be sitting here this morning and say, that's just not me. That's not my character. That's not my personality. The mindset. You've, you've agreed to accept that. You've agreed to stay where you are. You've agreed to accept this is who I am. This is who I will always be. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. You're, you, you were created for something bigger than this. You were created for something greater than this. You have a design. You have a purpose for your life. It starts today. I've got the answer. You know, I've got, I've got, I've got the, the plan. I, I can tell you how to do it, how to get there. Nothing that I can do for you. It's only what you can do. It starts with giving your life to him. It will preach, preach, preach I'm covered right there. Good. And then, then comes, I, God, I, want, I want to do more. I want to give you all of me. I'm all in. I'm all in. Because when you commit to be all in, you're all in. You're all in in, in these, in, in all of these. I'm in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna serve. I'm in. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm in because I'm going to. I'm going to uh, whatever five were. I'm gonna pray more. I'm in because I want to act more like Jesus. I'm all in. I'm not going to be, well, I'll choose how I act today on how I feel when I get up. Nope. Don't, that's not the way it works. Not the way it works. Pastor McKenzie, would you come back to the keyboard this morning? To be different, you have to want to be different. To be different, you have to do something different. 
just in the last few weeks, I've had conversation with people that have came, have been coming to church that, or that have came to church and they don't go here anymore. They live uh, further away and they came and visited and they said they had noticed several new people, several people they had seen before that when they were, when they attended here and some of them, one of the conversations said, well, you know, I noticed that so-and-so still sits in the same place. It, it, and I thought, man, that for that particular, for that, for that, for that predictable, we come in and maybe we're the first to leave. Maybe we get there in time to get to our seat. What's different about you know coming to church? And I've said this, and this is not a this is not anything against anybody. Don't take this the wrong way. But uh, yesterday we we got to spend the day. It was Ethan's birthday on Thursday. He went up <coughs> yesterday and spent time with them. And of course, if you're at Ethan's house or if Ethan's at your house, it doesn't matter. He's controlling the remote, and uh, it's always ESPN. And I watched all these games on TV and. Uh, he's got, I think it's YouTube TV, TV and, and they've got something on there now where you can watch four games at once. That's too much for me to even. I, I have a hard time sticking with one. He's got four games going at once. But as I was watching these games that were on TV, there's some crazy people at these games. Have you ever seen them? Am I the only one? You ever get up and watch uh, game day on Saturday morning? I like to watch game day on Saturday morning. But if you if you watch them and you and, and they take that camera and they go over the crowd, they got they, they these people are acting crazy. They want to be on TV. They want to be seen. They want to be recognized. They'll have shirts off and their and letters painted across their chest, and they all stand together, right? You ever anybody ever watch Seinfeld? And Elaine is dating that one guy, the face painter. Remember how crazy he acted? I mean, just crazy. Just, just very crazy. That's the way these people are. They're just crazy. But they're passionate about what they love. They are identified as a fan of that team. There is no denying it. And sometimes if, if somebody new comes to church or, or somebody uh, uh, that's, that comes after they've been here or been gone a while and they walk in the room, do they know, do they recognize that you love Jesus? Well, it got quiet. Are y'all feeling me? I'm not expecting you to come in with a big cross painted on your forehead or, or across your chest. Please come in with a shirt on. But if we can go to the game, if we can go to anything where there's a huge crowd because we're fans of that event and we're proud to show it, why is it when we come to church we're not that as enthusiastic? 
Why is it when we come to church, we're just strolling in? Strolling in and just say, well, basically, well, we're just, hurry up, preacher, shut up. Singing, y'all need to sit down. We need to get home. It's, it's Sunday, I need my nap. Who takes a nap on Sunday? I bet you Tim Hawkins has a song about naps on Sunday. If he don't, he needs one. Naps on Sunday. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we come to church, we should come into church excited. Excited, on fire. God, man, Lord, you just, you just done so much for me. I can't help but be excited. I may not feel good. I may not feel right. Oh, but I'm excited to be in the house. I'm excited because of what he done. I'm excited not, maybe he hasn't done nothing for you personally or physically, but let me tell you what he did do. He loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you that he, he willingly let him beat him to a pulp. Blood dripping, oozing, running, flowing out of his body for you because he loved you. They nailed him to a cross. Anybody ever step on a nail? That ain't nothing in comparison to what they did to our Savior. But yet he did it willingly for you. But yet we walk into church like, man, hurry up, get this over with. It is 12.03, preacher, shut up. Has he done something for you? Can you do something for him? Are you willing to do something more for him? Preacher, you're asking a lot of me. Yeah, I am. It's not just me. It's him. He's asking. I'm just the messenger this morning. You're not here by accident. Jesus calls us to join a radical kingdom. We're not, we're not, we're not supposed to be just pushovers. We're a part of the army of God. He gives us radical vision. He gives us access to a kingdom, a kingdom of heaven that infiltrates our very presence. We can continue fishing for people, proclaiming the good news of, of the kingdom at a great cost, yes, for ourselves. Fighting the oppressive powers that Jesus went to the grave to conquer and conquered. But we have to live here until our time is up. But we're to see people receive the Word of God. You could possibly be the only Word of God that those people around you see. And what do you say? How do you live? How do you act? That the kingdom of heaven is drawing near. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And I'm closing with this. Would you stand? Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God. You with me? 
Say that with me. Seek first the kingdom of God. Pretty same, pretty simple. Then it says, and live righteously. Oh, pastor, you, that, you just ruined it right there. Live righteously? I can't do that. Yeah, you can. If you do number one. Seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteous. Live a right life according to the word. Then it says, he will give you everything you need. <laughs> I love that part. But I don't get what I need if I'm not doing number one. Oh, that's good right there. I don't care if you agree with me or not. That's scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteously. And then he will give you everything that you need. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Right now, I want you to seek the kingdom of God. Say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be. Not. I don't know this kingdom that you're talking about. I don't. That's you this morning. Say, Pastor, I'm I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to be all in. I I need to understand this kingdom. I want to understand it. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right back down? Nobody's looking. It's just me. Amen. There's a hand. Anybody else? There's a hand. Anybody else this morning? Let me ask you this. Pastor, I'm doing my very best to, to live that righteous life, to be what I need to be according to the Scripture. I'm trying, I'm doing my very best, but it's hard. How many of you would admit to that this morning? You just lift your hand and say, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. Yes, there's a hand. Uh, yeah, come on. There's hands going up all over the place. Hey, Amen, I see that hand see that hand. I see those hands. Come on. Amen. Amen. Hands are going up all over the place. All right, let me ask you this. This last thing. How many of you have something in this? You're in, you're in the room this morning. Maybe you're watching online. And you say, there's something that I need God to do. I need him to do something. Let me tell you, he knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly when you need it. But right now you're saying, I need God to move. I need God to do something. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? Amen. There's hands. Amen. Hands going up. I see those hands. Amen. you do something for me. This is this is where this is where it's going to take faith on your part. There was hands lifted all over this place. I'm not going to single one out. But if you lifted your hand this morning for any of those reasons, 
I'm going to begin to pray. When I begin to pray, I want you to step out from where you're standing. Look, there's nothing supernatural about you physically walking down here. But when you step out from where you're standing, you're saying, God, I am all in. There's a faith part that you need to put into action. If it's, if it's getting to know Him, to have a relationship with Him as He needs to be your Lord and Savior, so be it. If it's you're struggling, you're struggling to live a righteous life, you're struggling with some things in your life, let's step out. And if you have a situation, if you have a need in your life, I want you to step out this morning. You step out. Don't, don't, don't think about it. Don't second guess it. I want you to come. As I begin to pray, you'll just file out of your seats and come and stand across the front of this sanctuary. We're going to pray collectively before we leave this room this morning. God's got God's doing something in some lives this morning. He didn't change my messages, my message just uh, for kicks and giggles. He done it for a purpose, and you're that purpose today. Here's that purpose. As I begin to pray, I want you to step, step out. If you need to come with somebody else, grab somebody by the hand. If you feel that there is something in that row that you're sitting in, that there's somebody, you, you be the first one to step out. As I begin to pray, come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray strongholds to be broken. I pray, I, I, I pray for pride to, to remain in the seat. I pray that your power and your presence begin to move. Yes, come on. People are calling. People are coming. God's fixing to move. God's fixing to do something in you. Hallelujah. Father, God, I pray pride to be broken. I pray strongholds to be put at bay. I pray, God, that freedom, freedom comes. Freedom comes when we step out in obedience to you. Come on. Don't hold back. Don't wait. This might be your opportunity. This might, well, preacher, you said it wouldn't, doesn't have to be anything supernatural for me stepping out. No, I know. But sometimes it's that faith-building exercise for you personally. You think, okay, I'm all in now. I'm committed. I'm committed. Come on. I still believe I, there are more that need to come this morning. Come on. We're going to wait just a few more seconds. Just a few more seconds. Come on. Father, move. Move from, from north to south, east to west, God, from front to back, side to side. Begin to move in hearts and minds, God. Give them the strength to step out, the comfort, the comfort to step out from where they're standing and seated. God, move in this. Lord, I know that you're here. I know that you're in this room. I know that you're speaking. You're speaking these days. Oh, God, do something great. Do something supernatural. two things for me. Either take a hand of the person standing beside you or step out from where you're at. If you're comfortable with praying, people come and stand behind your brothers and sisters. And let's pray for these this morning collectively. Collectively, I'm going to go through and, and pray for these this morning. But if you feel, if you feel comfortable enough to come and, and help us to pray, 
We're going to believe. We're going to agree. God's going to do it today. God's going to do it today.